Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 6 of Revelation chapter 3. And we're currently reading verse 3 of chapter 3, which says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Now this verse has some interesting statements in it that relate to, of course, the uh, time of the end and and watching for the coming of Christ. And uh, Lord willing, we'll get to that. But let's look at the first part of this verse, which says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. And again, um, God is not specific uh, as he writes these things in this particular verse. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. And and of course, we wonder, well, what is it that the uh, church at Sardis and, and the New Testament churches and congregations, since this is written to the whole church, what is it that they have received and heard and that they are to remember and also they are admonished to hold fast and repent well like everything in the bible the only way to understand is by uh, examining the words themselves and searching the rest of the bible to find our answers and we do i think find answers to what's in view here when we look up the word received and also along with the idea of heard. For instance, in Matthew chapter 13, in the parable of the sower, when the Lord is explaining this parable, beginning in verse 18, I'll I'll read several verses from there. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, Then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Now here we have the word received, the last word there, receiveth it, and and also... The idea of hearing, the same as he that heareth the word. As our verse says in Revelation 3, 3, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. And here, the receiving and hearing has to do with the word of God, as as that is what uh, Christ is explaining with, with this explanation of the parable. Let me continue on in verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but doreth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word. And understandeth it, which also beareth fruit 
and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And um, a few times in this passage, the Lord speaks of receiving the word of God, hearing the word of God, and then the test begins. Uh, you know, um, the the Bible is very clear about this, that once the word of God is delivered to a people or to an individual person, there there often is initial joy, initial uh, exuberance that the gospel has come and, oh, it's such a wonderful thing when they hear the gospel, the good news that our sins are forgiven for the sake of Christ and we're granted eternal life uh, and, and so on. I, I mean, the gospel is most definitely the greatest news imaginable. There, There is no question about that. There is every reason for a person to rejoice and, and to uh, exult in what God has done. And th- this is uh, certainly the case. The gospel, more than anything else, as a matter of fact, is worthy of rejoicing and and of joying over it. And yet it's also the case that the gospel, when it comes into our life, it will bring trials. It will bring trying circumstances that uh, will always arise in order to test the people that have received and heard the gospel of the Bible. It, it It's a rare instance where an individual may hear the gospel and become saved and not be tried. And, and I'm sure it has happened with someone who was soon to die or uh, perhaps a baby like like David's child with Bathsheba that was saved uh, in his mother's womb or as he was born and and then died. And so there was never an occasion for trying of the faith of that child. But in in most instances, in most cases with people, there is time for them to be tried. And and notice what God says here again. In verse 20, but he that received the seed, and this would be the word of God, into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, and the word anon means immediately, with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, and that is uh, really a reference to Christ, who is the, the root of David, so he heard the word, in other words, but he doesn't have the spirit of Christ in him, he never really became born again, so he has no root in himself, but it continues here, but doreth for a while. Now, that while could be a year, could be 10 years, could be 50 years. God isn't saying exactly how long. It, it's different for for different people. But one thing's for sure, that he doreth for a while, and many endured the gospel until the beginning of the great tribulation and until God began to open up the scriptures which revealed truth from the Bible. They they weren't um, gentle truths. They were very grievous and difficult things. They were hard truths from the word of God. 
and and people attached to their churches certainly were offended when the Bible says the church age is over and you must flee your church, get out of it quickly. And and again and again, and these kinds of teachings came forth from the Bible. Difficult teachings that tried the hearers. Well, this is why it says they doreth for a while because, and, well, let me just read. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now, God saved one of the greatest reasons for tribulation and persecution to arise because of the word for the final test. And that was the declaration of the people of God to the world concerning Judgment Day occurring on May 21, 2011. And when that day came and and nothing outwardly happened, as had been thought, as we had thought the Bible had taught, that there would be a great worldwide earthquake and it would be very physical and a literal destruction. As none of that happened, but instead God brought about a spiritual judgment and the nature of spiritual things is that they are invisible to the human eye. They're invisible to the world. The world cannot perceive them because they the world does not operate in the spiritual realm but in the physical and and when god did bring judgment day as prophesied by his word as declared to all the world that that particular day would begin the judgment on the inhabitants of the earth when he did indeed bring that judgment Yet when he did not do so in a visible way, this resulted in a great many people who had been proclaiming this experiencing embarrassment and shame and and uh, confusion. And, well, uh, let's just say many were offended that they were placed in this uh, situation that they were a laughing stock and a mockery of the world and the church that they they just dropped these things many of them uh concerning timelines and calendars of history and times and seasons with dates for the great tribulation the end of the church age and the dating of judgment day like a hot potato a hot offensive potato they wanted nothing more to do with it. They quickly wanted to distance themselves from anything and everything related to it. They were uh, greatly offended, and they themselves now began to revile any who would continue to hold on to these things, to continue to believe these things. They they felt so foolish and and embarrassed in the sight of the world. Well, God saved that final um, end time test for all those that profess to be his people to see if the tribulation or persecution which would arise in a in a unprecedented way on that day and in the days after 
because of the word of God, because that the people of God did love the inhabitants of the earth and and therefore felt that obligation and responsibility to warn them of the approaching time and day when the door to heaven would shut. It was all a result of God opening up the scriptures to reveal graciously and kindly to reveal the timeline for the end of his salvation to this world. And and the people of God realized it could only be God himself and his word that locked these things into place concerning the timing of the end and 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 the 8400 days of the great tribulation concluding on the day exactly 7000 years from the flood date and the day that God shut the door upon Noah and his family on the ark and so forth and and so the the true believers well they also of course were shaken by these things and troubled by these things but the difference is they had root in themselves they had the spirit of christ within they had nowhere else to go therefore where else can we go for thou hast the words of eternal life we cannot go back to the world because you have taken us out of the world we cannot go back to the church because you have shown us the the condition of the churches and congregations of the world that they are dead, that Satan ruled there throughout the 23-year Great Tribulation period, and there's no life in the churches at all. Where else can we go but wait upon thee? We wait upon the Lord for him to give us further information, further instruction, further revelation from his word to help us understand what he has done on that day of judgment. And God's people did wait and continue to wait upon him. And the reason is that the Lord holds us fast and and we, we wait for him to explain and to clarify and and to reveal things in greater detail, which he has done now. Well, anyway, here, it's hard to read this parable without getting into these things, but we're looking at a verse in Revelation 3, which says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Well, it does relate to that verse that we also today have uh, received and heard certain truths of the Gospels. God opened up the scriptures that had been sealed, and we are to hold them fast, just as those in the churches were giving their uh, instructions, their commandments by God and the things they were accountable to him concerning being faithful towards and and they also were to hold them fast the things that they had received and heard well let's look at the word hold fast it's actually uh, translated as hold fast only in this verse in Revelation 3 verse 3 nowhere else is it translated as hold fast it's normally translated as keep or kept, as we find in John 14 and in verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, hold fast my commandments. 
It, it is to hold on to the truth of the scripture, to the truth of the Bible, and to keep them, to do them, to obey God, and to to follow his word, not to um, avoid it, not to ignore it, not to dismiss it, not to turn it into something else, but to keep it as the Lord has stated it. And, and that is the nature of the child of God. We love him because he first loved us in saving us and in granting us a new heart and spirit. And therefore, we will respond in love, and that love will be demonstrated. It will be in evidence through a keeping of the Word of God. And, and of course, in order to keep the Word of God, you have to know what the Word of God is saying. This church proclaims that we're to keep the Word of God by uh, baptizing in this manner and another church says we're to keep the word of God by baptizing in another manner and and you'll find a thousand different ideas concerning doctrine so in order to keep the word of God we have to understand properly what exactly is the the right and faithful word and the only way to do that is to follow the methodology that the Lord has given us in comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And as we do so, the Holy Ghost teaches and leads us into truth. And then once we learn that truth, we are to keep it and to follow it and not to follow another. Well, the word keep, the same Greek word um, translated as hold fast, but normally translated as keep is also found two times in Revelation chapter 3, in the same chapter, once in verse 8, where it says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. There again, kept my word or held fast to my word and also in verse 10 because thou hast kept the word of my patience i also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth so here two times this word is is translated as kept in the same chapter and in relationship to keeping the word of god and and actually, that is how oftentimes this particular word is used. And now we understand what God is saying in the first part of, of verse 3. Let me read it again. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. And, and again, this is referring to receiving the word of God, which is received through hearing. And so... The Lord is speaking to the church at Sardis and to all those um, in the churches and congregations throughout the entire church age period. Look, he's saying, remember that you have received and heard the word of God. And then he says, and hold fast. That is, keep it. And uh, that is in keeping with how that particular word 
the Greek word translated as hold fast is used as keeping the commandments. Thou hast kept my word. So here is another admonishment. Keep it. Hold fast. And and it goes on to say, and hold fast and repent. Now, repenting, of course, is um, a familiar refrain as the Lord Jesus Christ proclaimed this in his gospel ministry, as the Bible proclaims it throughout to sinners. Repent, turn from your sins, turn from the wicked way that you're going. This, this has been the uh, beseeching of God through his emissaries or through his messengers as as they besought the inhabitants of the world to repent and turn from their sins and turn to God who created them. Turn to the merciful God of the Bible who provided salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and this repenting, um, of course, could only be accomplished when God moved in his people, those chosen to salvation, and he turned them. Then they would turn when God would turn their hearts and give them a new heart. But the Lord also is constantly calling upon the New Testament church and congregations to repent. And this, again, uh, Revelation is written in the first century. It's at the formation of the New Testament churches, but God uh, knows their whole history. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows that um, they will continue to uh, to keep their high places, continue uh, to have their false doctrines and gospels and continue to be unfaithful and rebellious towards his word. So he uses this opportunity at the beginning of the church age, just a, a few decades after the churches have been established, as the church age began in 33 AD on that day of Pentecost. And now towards the end of the first century, God is using the occasion of the last book of the Bible to be written, the book of Revelation, to move his apostle John to uh, record these statements to each of these churches that they are to repent. Remember back in Revelation 2, in verse 5, it said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And this uh, is similar to our verse in Revelation 3.3. 3. Remember, God is calling on them to remember the first works. Remember the early hearing of the gospel. Remember your initial joy and rejoicing at at the glorious words of the Almighty God that came right out of his mouth, the words of Christ the Savior. Remember and turn from the things that you have developed out of your own mind, the gospels you have devised from wicked thoughts. Turn from these things. God is commanding the church and turn back and just 
adhere faithfully to what I have said, nothing more, nothing less. Do not add to the word. Do not subtract from the word, but just stay upon the word and and follow that way and that course. Turn from all else. And the Lord also said in um, Revelation 2 in verse 15 and 16, So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Again, another church, another call to repentance uh, because they followed the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, a doctrine that would lead people astray and away from the doctrine of Christ. And, of course, we just looked at this um, pretty recently, beginning in verse 20 of Revelation 2, where it said, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach, and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Again and again and again, the Lord calls upon the church to repent. And do do we ever see, have we seen over these troubling decades when the church age did come to an end, or even before that time, have we seen the churches troubled at their own teachings and concern that churches teach such varied and different doctrines one from another, making it very obvious that many of the churches are holding on to false doctrines? Have we seen the churches concern and calling councils and 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 calling together their theologians and and calling the congregation to search the doctrines of the church let us search our confession let us search our creed let us search our our church stance and denominational positions let us see if we are faithful to all that the bible says do we ever find that no it's never the case. The church would admit, oh, we're not perfect, and yet they make no attempt to correct their imperfection. They make no attempt to correct their failings in doctrine. It, it's just a matter of acceptance. And it's not that they ever uh, increase faithfulness, but it's a matter of record that churches decrease their faithfulness and Instead of removing high places, they add more high places. And and so God called upon them to repent, and they did not repent. And finally, in the proper time and season, as God does all things according to his own timetable and schedule, as as the Lord came in the proper time, and so, too, does judgment come at a particular time. Well, the Lord came to visit the churches. Did they repent after being graciously granted space to repent? No, they did not. 
And and so again here in Revelation 3, 3, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast or keep the word of God, it's referring to, and repent. And they have not repented. Well, it goes on to say, If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Well, this is a very interesting statement of God, full of um, of interesting implications, and one of which is that one of the sins of the church, one in which they are guilty of, is not watching. They have failed to obey the commandment of Christ to watch. If they do not watch, the Lord says he will come as a thief upon them. And the sorrowful news is that he has already come upon them. 